You've probably heard the saying, save for a rainy day. For some or most of us, the rainy days are here. A recent survey by the Department of Statistics of Malaysia titled Effect of COVID-19 on the Economy and Individual found that only 6.2 Malaysians were not financially affected during the MCO. In this episode, Catholics at Home speak to Patrick Archibald and his lovely wife, Hazel Ong Archibald, to get practical financial tips to see us through this difficult period. Hello and welcome to another episode of Catholics at Home, which is produced in collaboration with the Catholic Research Centre of Kuala Lumpur. My name is Kachang Kevin and my co-host today is Mark Darley. Hey Mark, how are you doing? Hey Kevin, you always ask me the same question. Yeah. I feel good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time to because change another question. I think everybody is taking one day at a time. So I just want to know if you're feeling the heat already of the MCO. Uh, definitely, we've been he- feeling the heat, but as Father Gerard said yesterday, Jesus, I trust in you that you'll take oh, care right. of everything. That's going to be our mantra and our prayer, right, for every day. Also joining our conversation is Father Clarence Devadas. Father, how are you doing? Hi, Kevin. I mean, not, Hi, not, not, in, not in the Joey Friends type, type of uh, how are you doing, but how are you doing? <laughs> as best as I can manage, Kevin. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been challenging. Uh, it's a bit different. Uh, as I said, as, you, as many of you already know, I mean, I, I live by myself, so I have to take care of everything from cleaning the house to the bathroom to the cooking to the grocery shopping. So can be quite challenging, uh, but I guess this is something that is unavoidable and maybe good training also to be, to be grounded once again uh, into the simple realities of human life. Any new hobbies, Father? New hobbies? Uh, uh, yeah, watching movies has like, been a hobby now. <laughs> yeah, this is something I've not been doing for a while. Uh, yeah, I've uh, been trying to catch up with some, some interesting series on, or mini-series uh, on TV. Yeah, so I've been doing that. So a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, the day starts, you know, in the, in the morning with, you know, breakfast, and then uh, with some work in the office. I try to spend the first half of the day in the, in the office to do something. And then the second half of the day, I do other things. So at least to kind of keep a regular routine uh, so that it doesn't really uh, get to me in, in that sense, the quietness. That's great. I know Mark has a new hobby because uh, he's my friend on Facebook and he has told the whole world that he's picked up uh, washing dishes as a new hobby. <laughs> or, or, or was he forced by his lovely wife? <laughs> Actually, the kids... The kids. the kids, I mean, yeah, the kids have every day been asking me, Daddy, can you wash this? So they call me the washer today. Oh, so superpower. It's a, yeah, it's a superpower, superhero. I'll be glad to do it. Lah. All right, that's great. And as mentioned at the top of our show, our special guest today is uh, Patrick and Hazel. How are you guys doing during the MCO? Oh, we're, doing Hazel is Pat- um, we're managing. Hazel, is Patrick yes. washing the dishes more? Actually, he does. He does very good housework during MCO. So I'm very happy. Who does the grocery yeah. shopping? I still do the grocery shopping. Uh, my father-in-law stays with us. And uh, so we rotate between the two of us. Fantastic. Men are uh, good grocery shoppers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, the uh, video call, in case I don't know specifically, I'll just call. Hey, this one. Yeah. 
So yeah, do you know, yeah. do you know do you know the difference between kangkong, bayam, and all the other vegetables, sir, uh, and the spices? As long as they are leafy and green, they are considered vegetables. Yes, yes. You know. Okay, to go. Uh, <laughs> All right, fantastic. Uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, this show is going to be uh, about finances and how we can manage our finances. Uh, Father and Mark just jump in with any questions you have for Patrick and Hazel. But maybe Patrick and Hazel, you can start off by telling us uh, just a little bit about your background, where you're from, and uh, how are you uh, involved in uh, financial institutions? Um, well, we've actually been uh, in the area of personal finance for, uh, this will be our 20th year. So uh, we started back in year 2000 and uh, so far in this 20 years, we've been through um, three major crises. Um, the first being the, uh, the dot-com bubble in early year 2000 uh, and that lasted for about two years. Uh, then we went through the, uh, the, the SARS crisis, the SARS epidemic time, where uh, a lot of Asian uh, markets actually came down. Uh, and then we had the global financial crisis, uh, which was in year 2007, 2008, I'm sure you all will remember, uh, which lasted about two years as well. So um, we've had uh, uh, good experience uh, in helping people uh, walk through this kind of uh, scenarios, uh, the downtimes. So, yeah, so we've been helping our clients uh, and, and uh, people that uh, approach us uh, on what to do uh, during this time. For me personally, I have uh, been through the 1980s recession, yeah, where we are really down to whether we can even eat a meal in that day. So I'm, I've experienced how to scale down from having something to having almost nothing. So this is uh, not something new. And I think if you are experiencing it for the first time, there is a lot of hope. And grace. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you may start, what is the difference? Because you mentioned that you have experienced it over the many uh, different uh, uh, down, downfalls of the economy. So how is this different versus... The past which you have said SARS yeah, and the recessions before this? That's a very good question, Mark. This is very different because for the fact that uh, we are now limited to our homes, you know, and all of us, are, uh, 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 we are locked in. And when you look at it on a bigger scale, you know that a lot of businesses are now uh, uh, either in, uh, they've stopped or, they've, or they're finding it difficult to move on. Uh, previous uh, crisis, uh, this was not the case, you know, they just had to find ways uh, in which to remain uh, liquid. Uh, but now they're, they're almost, uh, everything's on pause, you know, so this is uh, quite a different experience, uh, but we're seeing um, some similar traits, you know, we're seeing some similar traits. So it's just about how we adjust and how we manage moving forward. So talking about adjustments, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, who the young working adults or even those who are uh, been working for quite some time, um, they may not have quite a lot of savings to begin with. Yeah. 
So basically, how number one, I mean, I'm sure the impact is actually quite a lot to them in terms of some of them have to support families or some of them as uh, their, 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 their parents who are staying with them or some of them staying alone, you know. So number one is how are they impacted? And number two, what are the things they can actually look forward or what can they do, you know what I mean? When, when, when things are becoming tighter. So what are the few steps you advise that uh, people should take today? Um, the, the first thing is to, to, to remember that uh, whatever we, um, you know, whatever we have, we just have to learn to manage our income and expenses. There are only two things to manage. So we need to simplify it and to bring it down to that and, you know, not think to, to, to don't overcomplicate it, you know. So we just need to manage our income and manage our expenses and uh, just balance the two. You know, it boils down to that. So there, um, there are always two, two uh, things that uh, um, uh, you you probably fall into uh, Those that uh, uh, who have to change their lifestyle. You know, at this point of time, they may have to make uh, adjustments. Uh, or you might fall into the next category where you don't have to make uh, much adjustments because you actually have um, enough to manage. Uh, moving, you know, uh, moving forward during this time. So you may have enough to, to to survive on, or you may not have, and you may need to make some adjustments. So these are the, the two things that you need to to look at, lah. You know, uh, Patrick. Yep. In in making those adjustments, uh, we've heard from the banks that they have given us some moratorium. I think six months is it of like uh, housing loans and I think also car loans. Uh, but you know, there's always a question that I've heard people talking about is whether it's prudent or should we take up that moratorium? Is it going to be beneficial or are we going to suffer consequences in the years to come? Maybe you can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, the moratorium actually uh, is, is, is a good idea uh, because at this point of time, uh, income is a lot of people's income are in jeopardy, you know, so they need to be able to survive for the next, uh, as the government uh, um, uh, estimate is six months. Uh, current estimates are six months. So the moratorium basically gives you liquidity. It gives you the ability to have money in the pocket for the six months without having to pay for uh, the big bills, which are your, your car loans, your housing loans, uh, and these are usually the bigger bills that uh, every family or individual has. So the moratorium is put there so that you don't have to worry about paying those bills first. Though that money can go towards uh, sustenance, the basic needs that you have. You know, so um, it is a good idea if you are um, sort of living from paycheck to paycheck. If you uh, do not have surplus, so the moratorium is a good idea. Yes, the only difference is you might need to pay that little bit more interest later, you know. But the entire premise of it is that it delays the payment. It delays the payment for the six months. So um, again, uh, it depends on a case-to-case -case basis whether you uh, actually have enough cash for this period or uh, if, you, if you don't have enough cash, then the moratorium is a good idea. Okay, I think one of the things that we, one of the things that you know, I've been hearing at least from people, uh, and we talked about it, uh, people having to take pay cuts, you know, 
so even their very basic salary now that is impacted. Uh, leave alone paying back loans or other commitments that they may have for the children, school, uh, their insurance premium, all the other things that they have. Um, and I know that the government is providing some kind of assistance, uh, and you know there are some avenues where people could go to. You know, would you like to mention some of these avenues that people could turn to uh, to at least help, uh, like you said, just to provide the basic sustenance for the family first. Because I know many churches are helping people, and the people who come, uh, a lot of them are also daily wage earners uh, who are struggling uh, to meet that. Yeah. Um, actually, there are there are two programs that are that the government has introduced. One is the BPH, you know, and the other one is the Prehaptain PKS Plus. Um, and uh, there's actually in the different different categories of, of uh, benefits that the government has put together, um, uh, and it really depends uh, on your household income. So the, they, they define it based uh, along the lines of your household income. Um, and you get these benefits through the LHDN, which is your income tax department, okay? And uh, the PASARA system, that's for the retirees, okay? Um, they also give you the opportunity to take out your account too, you know? Uh, a lot of uh, feedback uh, on, on whether you, can, you should be taking that, uh, your account too, out um, again back to that same thing if the premise whether you uh, have enough liquidity in the six months if you don't have enough liquidity then okay you need to uh, you can get access to your second account in your EPF but um, if you ask us uh, who actually do this uh, planning for, for people if you can uh, try not to if you can, try not to uh, access your EPF. Leave it there because it's not much to begin with. And it will uh, affect the compounding of your retirement fund. So yeah. that is like the last resort. Yeah, EPF is sort of like the last resort. Huh? But there, there are some people who are saying that they went to the LHDN website and they don't have a file uh, because wage uh, earners. Yeah. Are these yeah. people also able to, to apply for, for that assistance, those who do not yeah, have a file? That, that, is, uh, that is a current challenge that uh, we've also found uh, people having because they don't have a file and therefore they don't have the... LHDN usually has the account number to which where to direct the, 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 the amount, Money, the yeah. benefits to. So we've also encountered that uh, with some people. So uh, the right now, I think LHDN is trying to work out... Uh, something for them uh i was told they can go to bsn branches to uh, register their account but the lines are very long yeah uh and the banks themselves have a difficulty to manage the people coming in so these are the things that we have the rules or the law there but the execution of it is quite challenging now so we have to work together i don't know the banks have to have a better way of doing things yeah. besides uh, yes sorry just question. so i mean uh, because i think some of them like you mentioned i mean may, may have lost their jobs or even a big pay cut yeah but they need to survive would you suggest taking a personal loan at this period because they're they're also personal loans with very low interest rates is it something would you suggest to people to look into 
before we uh, decide to take on any loan which uh, would be a, a added burden in the future i think when we enter a crisis the first thing that any family or individual should do is to design a crisis budget actually a crisis budget should be designed before a crisis happens it's like a contingency plan uh, so that when a contingency or a crisis happens then we, the budget kicks in yeah but usually money is something people are so afraid to think of or uh, address in a family or even individually uh, there was no opportunity for people to draw up a crisis budget but now that we are in it i think it's a good time you know for families to sit down together and draw up a crisis budget so can i just uh, go through what are the elements of a crisis budget then you will decide whether a loan is actually the way to go yeah. do you That's have also, a slide before, to show that to illustrate yes yes, yes. do you want me to share the do screen you yeah you can share the screen Okay, we see the crisis budget now. Yeah. Okay, so the first element in a crisis budget is our needs and essentials first. So our needs would be our home, food, transport, and as Father mentioned, uh, insurance. And insurance is so important now because uh, in a crisis, you know, money is already so tight. And if uh, we do not have insurance for our health, so if we we are checked into or admitted to a hospital for something big, you know, we will have to break money from somewhere. And if we do not have insurance, we will have to take personal loan or loan from relatives, which will compound our worry and distress. So please keep your medical insurance and also your vehicle insurance, your car insurance, yeah? If you have an accident, you still need to repair your car uh, or if you have a fire in your house, suddenly you need to have insurance, yeah? So please keep those uh, there. Loan and credit cards. Well, loan and credit cards is important to pay, uh, but because of the moratorium, if you don't have enough money, you can take advantage of it. But if there was no more moratorium, just... Uh, imagine not paying your home mortgage and see what happens, you know, or your car loan and see whether you still have a car. So loans are also very important to address in a crisis budget. But because of the moratorium, there is uh, less burden on us now. So for those who are really tight, do take advantage of it. Uh, please budget uh, for the near future. A near future would be the same important items I mentioned as essentials, which is our home, food, transport, and also insurance. So for those who are taking the moratorium, the money that is not paid for your loans, please put it aside to pay when the moratorium is lifted for these essentials as well, so that you know in the future you will have that money to pay. Um, emergency fund. Emergency fund would be any emergency that you cannot even imagine now. Uh, when it comes out, you want to have money, uh, not credit card, uh, uh, not loan. So when uh, the question came out about should we take more personal loan, 
it's, it's always not advisable to take on more loans if that is possible. Yeah, uh, please try to avoid it. But if there is no choice, then yes. Because there are some avenues that people have forgotten. Say, for example, if they have bought an insurance policy in the past and it's an investment link policy, it would have some cash value that has accumulated uh, inside it and they have clients or customers would have forgotten or if you are an insured person, you would have forgotten you have this secret pile of money uh, as a last resort as well if you need to break it in. Yeah, you can go and uh, take up some money for use and leave the minimum for your policy to go on. Mm, there is also uh, insurance companies now. Please talk to your insurer. Uh, they actually, by case-to-case -case basis and when you appeal, they can actually uh, defer your premium payments, you know, things like that. So in a crisis, uh, besides the pre-hunting uh, initiatives and all that, there are other things that you can actually do. Yeah, and also in this time when uh, a lot of us have vehicles at home and if we are short of money, perhaps we can use our vehicles to earn extra income by being a grab delivery service provider, things like that. So we have to be creative as well and, and use the wisdom that God has given us uh, to overcome this period. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, if I may just add, I think uh, one of the key issues, I mean, uh, a lot of Malaysians, actually, we don't really track properly in terms of our income versus expenditure. I mean, Patrick, you mentioned a, a good point. And I think today there are a lot of tools out there. I mean, I, use, I started using a tool called Money Lover. I mean, it's an app. You can download it. Yeah. Main thing is yeah. it will surprise you in terms of, because you can jot down everything you, you spend on and, and what's your income. Yeah? It'll be amazing yeah. to actually see, actually, how much am I spending for, for food? You know what I mean? And in yeah. one month, am I overspending? And then how much am I paying for the different things? Yeah, groceries and whatever not. And from there, then yeah. it, it's the first step is realization. Then I think we need to then see what can we cut down, you know? So that, and, yeah. and I think that that is quite important. Like, I mean, like what you all mentioned. And I think uh, apps today, there are a lot of technology to actually help you to start looking at that. I think the main thing is a lot of people need to start tracking. It may take a few seconds extra after buying your stuff just to key in the information. But it does really help because then you're really aware. Because today you say, oh, maybe I spent X amount on this, X amount on that. And sometimes you think, oh, maybe I have extra money. But actually, sometimes you don't have that extra money. Because when you put things, for example, some of us may take um, like the EPP payments. You buy a handphone and maybe the payment yes. drags over a year. You know what I mean? And that's all she didn't yeah. cost, which you don't really account, uh, account for in your yeah. monthly expenditure. Yeah. yeah. So I think adding yeah. to that is maybe we can actually add, download the apps and all just to, to start knowing where you spend. Yeah. Then, of course like what you mentioned. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Hazel, if I can just uh, take you back a bit uh, to our conversation earlier. You mentioned you were in the crisis in the 80s where uh, you've gone for having something to having nothing. I suppose yeah. this crisis, crisis uh, budget planning is uh, probably part of it. Uh, but what else in that experience of yours, uh, maybe some life hacks that you did uh, for those who've experienced that having a lot till going to nothing, uh, what else uh, can they do? Well, uh, the practical side is, of course, cut down expenses uh, uh, a lot. Our essential was just uh, getting food, maybe one meal a day or two meals a day, not three meals a day. 
Um, and I think uh, besides the financial part of it, family and uh, BEC friends, and I must share this, uh, I first felt the love of God through the people of God during the crisis because my uh, parents' friends from marriage encounter, they actually put money together and uh, gave us uh, groceries um, and some money to spend. You know, uh, my parents were choice presenters. So the even the choice graduates, they actually came with groceries for our family because my father was in a business that was badly hit. And uh, you can see in a crisis, that's when the people of God or anyone like humanity shine. Uh, they come together to help. And that is what I also seeing. And uh, we hope we have done a little bit to participate in that as well this time round. Um, Although we can't go out, but we know those volunteers who are doing that and we have channeled some funds to them to help feed people who can't afford to be fed. So this is, these are the, the initiatives that are um, going out there, uh, either through the church or BC or even our neighborhood, you know, we, we are giving back in this time. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's great. I think the bishop also mentioned this that he hopes that those who are fortunate will be able to help out uh, those who are less fortunate. You know, I think we we hope that more people will get to do that. But at the same time, we are spending a lot of time with our children. So Hazel and Patrick, I mean, at this moment, I mean, spending time with them, I know you have to teach them about the stuff in school which they are missing out on. But also, how yeah. important is it to teach them about financial parenting at this stage? And 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 also, how can we also uh, slowly show them in terms of uh, Christian alms giving uh, and also good stewardship in this stage so that they, in the, when they grow up, they'll 100% remember this moment. And I think this is a good time. And, and what can we actually do to actually start teaching them about these, these values? Yeah, Mark, this is a very important point that you brought up. I think uh, the dialogue needs to start now. If it has not started uh, in the good times, let the dialogue start uh, in this tough time. We need to start talking about our family finances, not just between spouse, uh, between the two spouse, but between uh, parents and kids, you know, to share um, what is true value, what is real value, and how we can all do our part to, to help save uh, during this time. You know, if we need to cut back, if we need to uh, change our purchase habits, um, we need to do that because um, it, it is all part of being family, you know. So um, we actually talk to our daughter also and we share with her about how because times are tough, um, we need to cut back. We need to manage our purchases and we need to focus um, uh, uh, what, you know, if let's say we're going to have a gratifi gratification, we need to maybe put it together and pull it together, you know. So if she wants to eat McDonald's, okay, we're only going to do that once. Or, you know, we need to have uh, a sort of earning towards that. So it, we need to cut back and simplify, you know. Uh, so we need to have a discussion and that dialogue in our families already so that the children will understand uh, the value of what the parents are doing. I think... Uh... This crisis is, to me, uh, because I had a crisis when I was young. 
and that was um, the biggest learning that I had in my life. It taught me to be resourceful. It has taught me to value things more and and uh, to put not such a high ticket on materialism. Uh, I don't need many things to make me happy. I I've learned to to look at happiness from a different perspective and not on getting things or material things. And so now I'm happy that my child Mary uh, has an uh, uh, a time for her to realize that yeah, all these things that we want is not really so important. You know, the most important thing is we have our health. We are healthy. We have to keep healthy, and uh, we have each other. Yeah, we enjoy uh, the more uh, quality time that we have with her. With the cutting out all the traveling time on in in our Klang Valley traffic. Um, now we have a uh, we take pains to actually set up our mini chapel in the house uh, to to have mass. And Mary will be like the altar server, you know, lighting candles and things like that, which we won't have an opportunity on a in a normal time. Yeah, as much as I miss celebrating the Eucharist with the big congregation and with the big family, I think it is so precious this time of our little church in the home. It's so I will miss that actually when we go back, yeah, to the big congregation, but. This uh, memory, we can tell our chuchu chichi next time, you know, we had this incident in Malaysia or around the world and, and we could do this special thing. So I think not everything is bad during MCO. I, I, I actually enjoy some of the things that come about. Well, Hazel, I think you, you don't, have to, don't have to miss it when all this is lifted. I think it's something that you can continue uh, in your family, you know, in your family press, in your, in, your, in, your, in your daily or weekly family press. This can continue. Even though we are going back to church, these activities do not have to, to stop. You know, one of the things that, that maybe we don't talk about, or maybe, you know, maybe I, I just bring this up here. You know, I think Kevin asked the question, how is it different from the previous crisis and the present crisis? And one thing that struck me, especially in relation to church, you know, in the previous crisis, uh, church collections did not go down because people still went to church. Uh, you know, we didn't see we didn't see a drop, uh, a significant drop in the Sunday collection. But this time, people are not in church. You know, uh, and the churches are directly affected uh, in that sense uh, in terms of the collection. Of course, you know, many people have been have been generously donating, you know, uh, transferring money, and you know, giving the Sunday collection. Uh, but the reality is that also many churches don't have those kind of things, especially in the outer lying areas. Uh, you know, maybe in the urban areas, the churches are able to to manage with their reserves. But we also, I think, keep in mind, uh, you know, in the in the rural areas, the parishes that are there, they are, they are also affected by by this. And we will see a change. We will see a change the pattern, I believe, because as you said, income has been reduced. Uh, people are trying to manage their budget. You know, maybe maybe Hazel in the in in, in your in your uh, in your crisis budget, you should add church collection. You look at the slide earlier. We mentioned generosity. as in giving can continue. You know, if uh, after all the essentials that you need are met, uh, do not forget generosity is giving. Yeah, but of course, even that is already, you can't give in terms of money, then uh, we can give in 
in terms of uh, care, concern, or even teaching someone how to use technology to interact as a community now, you know, using our talent and time. But for for the other uh, group of people, as uh, we mentioned earlier, you are either the one that need to change your lifestyle uh, drastically, or you are the one that do not really need to change your lifestyle because you know you're blessed somehow uh everything is still almost status quo and you still have money to to give generosity should not be forgotten now. yeah i think for catholics a bit susah, sometimes a bit yuck, yuck. but i think we must remind each other to give <laughs> yeah i think i think i think one of the things that we can keep in mind is this you know uh, even though we have little there are people out there who have even lesser than what we have, you know. Yeah. So you know, just even putting aside a little bit, uh, just for a, for one meal or two meals, yeah. each one can remember that. I think that's that's one way of uh, cultivating uh, this whole spirit of generosity. Uh, there are people out there who are struggling even for um, for one meal. Father, my 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 mom will always say, and tell that told us when we were young and we tell our children, don't waste the food. The other people last time they used to say Africa or even the, there's the poor who, who don't have the food. But if I waste the food, the food doesn't go to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you, go, well you, don't, you don't have to go to Africa, you know? And, yeah, I, think, and I, think this is very, I think it's very important to teach children also. I mean, for me, I think wasting food is not, it's not about throwing away, but taking what you can consume. You know, to teach them, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, well, if you want more, you go, you go for second, second helping, but take what you think you can manage because whatever extra you have, you can still use it for the next day. You can still share it with someone yes. else. So teaching people to manage uh, with little, and I think that's, that's very important, you know. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I see people go for all this buffet, you know, they really stack up their plates, you know, and there's a lot of wastage of food. You know, you know. Sometimes you know, they say your eyes is bigger than your stomach, or uh, you know. But I think if you can teach people to to manage with what little we have, uh, that's because and I've heard this also. People say, you know, oh, okay, you know. So how do we send this food now to Africa, or how do we send this food to you know? <laughs> but maybe we learn to manage expectations, and then maybe we teach them uh, those kind of values uh, of or sharing with others. I think it's also. Uh instead of overindulging, it's also about instead of overspending, you spend less. And I think like what Hazel mentioned, uh, is also how do we then set aside money for, for, for different purposes? So if I don't spend X amount, how can I put it somewhere else? So uh, my wife actually, uh, Mel, she came up with something. I mean, she and her friends, they, they have something where they have like four small uh, saving banks, uh, saving piggy banks like, uh, for the children. So whenever we give them allowance, we we try. We are trying our best like, to teach them that okay, in this you need to manage your own uh, finance. So if I give you one or two ringgit, you can put it. The first one is savings. So savings at the end of the month, you get a little bit of interest. Yeah. Then there's the next one, which is called uh, uh, invest. Invest. Of course, the risk is higher. So some months you can get more, some months you get nothing. You know, but that's invest. The third one is about uh, play. So we also know when you get money, the third one is about, okay, that money you save, whatever money you save, you buy your own thing. So you don't depend on the parents to always buy you because then you go into the, the, the spirit of hey, my, my parents are going to always solve problems for me and buy things for me. So that's the third one. And the fourth bucket is basically to help, to help the poor and all. So with that, 
they need to personally rationalize in terms of like and to think like where should i put the money and and they always say i want to put help a lot you know my, my kids i say hey you put a lot for help you also need to put for invest and the other so that's a bit of juggle but i think the question i have with hazel and patrick so from this crisis budget i think it's the first time i'm hearing it i think it's excellent what is the percentage you know would you would you define for, for each of this you know so at least like you know like the needs and essentials maybe at this period of time we need to put 70 percent for that and maybe the emergency fund is 15 percent or five percent for generosity so what would be a few of your recommendations for this that's a good question huh? um these are the I, i'm sharing again the the um the slider you can actually look at the slide again uh there's categories of income and expenses here um you can actually look at it um yeah we are seeing the slide now in the slide, huh? okay so uh this is this is the category that's uh, recommended um uh for us uh you can see uh taxes uh is there but you know even uh paying tax now you can put it aside but you can pay it later so you can go towards uh you can keep it in your emergency fund hopefully that you don't have to use your emergency fund because it's category four of the crisis budget man. right um so these are the, the divisions that we're looking at the the highest being uh housing um housing we also have to consider it's not just uh mortgage payments uh, uh but it also includes uh rentals paying your uh as a tenant if your tenant you have to pay your rent uh so this is one area that uh, the the dialogue is not exactly happening because um a lot of landlords also have payments to make and so the tenants may or may not get uh, reprieve so that is one of the challenges we we have actually seen so you you need to look at at the uh, uh, this area uh, uh, carefully all right uh things that you don't need to buy you can scale down things like this uh um these categories actually just are indicative you can actually adjust it uh, uh how and where you want to cut down more on all right but based on your earlier slide patrick you had four things so if i would yes. put you on the spot and said based on these four things how would you prioritize i mean so that people listening out here will know that okay um, maybe yeah the four maybe things are the other slide yeah let's go back to that that slide huh? Okay, so needs and essentials first. Um, if let's say you're looking at uh, dividing into these four, the biggest budget always goes to the first one because it's a matter of priority, um, not so much a matter of percentage. Essentials. Ah, uh, if you yeah. are living alone, your needs and essentials will be very little. But if you're living with a family and you've got dependents, your parents, uh, who still need, you know, whether they're staying with you or they're staying uh, away, you still need to pay for their needs and essentials. So it's not so much a matter of percentage, but it's a matter of priority. Um, and then so you have to manage again income and expenses. So if you can bring down those expenses um, to pay for needs and essentials, just what 
is needed at this point of time, which is the number one category, uh, then look at uh, that as the amount. You know, that's the first priority. All right. Uh, the third priority is like the first, which is your um, for your near future. Okay, so it's just a matter of uh, priority rather than of percentage. So it's, it's not a very uh, it's a tough question to answer. <laughs> I, I, think, I uh, wish there was a number that I could I, give I, I think during this particular crisis, um, we all stay at home. In fact, many of my friends, my clients, they tell me they have saved so much on uh, their budget actually because what they are focusing on is just the essentials like food. Transport has like gone down sharply um, and for home, some of them, they take the moratorium so they don't, they don't have to pay the mortgage. So food is actually the one that uh, occupies the highest percentage now. Um, yeah, and of course, please remember to continue paying for your insurance. Yeah. yeah, you know, if uh, if I may add, you know, listening to your stories just now and we're talking about uh, teaching children the value and all of that, uh, since uh, Patrick and Hazel and also uh, Mark, uh, you guys are parents, you know, I think there's one group we may have overlooked is uh, those who are going to become parents, you know. Uh, pretty soon, you know, so maybe you, since you're a parents, you all can have uh, just give some quick uh, advice to them, you know, because in this uncertainty and I, I know having a kid uh, can be quite costly in terms of the, I don't know, pampers and stuff like that. So maybe you can just uh, give some advice to them and also maybe later I want to bring Father Clarence in. Sorry, Father, to put you on the spot, but you know, um, you know, as Catholics, we are open to life, but then in the current uncertainty, I don't know whether how, how do we go about uh, should we or shouldn't we? I, I know it's a tough question. We'll, we'll let you think about that, but maybe uh, Patrick Hazel and Mark, you can share about uh, tips to give uh, those who are going to become parents for the first time. Patrick? I think, uh, I think well, we, we, we shouldn't let that that money issues stop people from having children. Uh, I speak uh, from a couple who can't even have children for so many years and until God sent Mary Isabel into our lives. So don't let money be a showstopper for children to come into this world. You know, if I can even say our Muslim friends has got that right, they, they believe the more children you have is the more residue God will send into your life. And... Uh, the more children we have, we the I think my father's generation, they had so many children in the home, they still manage. The priorities change, you know. Instead of having branded stuff or uh, handphones, the priority was very uh, simple. simple. They went for the food more than the, the branded stuff or the highlight. So I think the pandemic or the crisis has brought us back to the basics and actually it's a good time for people to expand yeah, yeah I, I may just add i think going back to basics is key so i think uh i think we should look at maybe instead of di di i mean diapers you can look at napkins again start going washing your napkins yeah, you wash, I mean? wash. wash your nappies uh breastfeeding a lot of the budget comes up from 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 breastfeeding and also the the the, the diapers. You know, what I mean, those are the two bulks. So I think if you can look at ways to to actually do that, Gina is a good person to seek advice. 
for breastfeeding for moms and all can talk to her. So yeah. I think those are my two cents. Maybe father, you, uh, you, Kevin, you had a question for father. <laughs> I think the questions have been answered, lah, Kevin. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, and I think I think you know we yeah life is a gift from God, but with that also comes responsibilities, responsible parenting. Uh, and that's something that's very important that we all have to keep in mind. Whether you have one child or three children, uh, responsible parenting, good example setting, these are things. And I think this period has given us the time to reflect and to also look at you know what kind of what is important to us. You know what are the essentials that are important, and we and I, and I begin to realize there are many things that I can live without now. You know, uh, before this maybe taken for granted that I couldn't live with it without it. Now you begin to realize with very simple things, uh, very basic meals, uh, or even you know uh, smaller meals. Uh, yeah, we we get by, and maybe this can continue, and hopefully we don't go back to that. That all life would be and before pre MCO. Maybe this is uh, you know the turning point for for many of us. Yeah. So. yeah. Father, I think uh, just one more thing. Maybe I think you mentioned just now about the the rural poor and stuff like that, the parishes and all. Maybe uh, maybe you can just do a, a a quick shout out to those who are listening. I mean, if we have a bit of extra savings, how can we actually channel it to to those uh, poor parishes? Yeah, I mean, you can you can call up different parishes out there and ask them if they need any assistance uh, in whatever form. Uh, and, and I'm sure they will be able to give you details of how you can help them uh, financially or otherwise. Because in, in a lot of the smaller parishes, I think they are also doing a lot of reach out programs. Uh, you, you realize that, you know, there are a lot of people uh, in dire need for food. So there are lots of things happening in, in smaller parishes that we don't hear about. Uh, yeah, just take up, pick up the phone. I mean, it's not difficult to get the church number. Call somebody, call the priest, and ask. You know, can we help in some small way? Uh, if everyone chips in a little bit, it goes a long way to help a lot of people. Or oh, can we go through the PIHD uh, channel? M. Yeah, there's another channel also that you can go to. Yeah, and I think yeah. the, the, the details are available on their own website yeah. uh, in the so parish. For more information, website. you can go to ArchKL, right, Father? The, the 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 numbers of all the different parishes are there That's and right. also i think not forgetting the communities of the bcs who who may have elderly people around us who may not be able to go for grocery shopping or have the funds to 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 buy their their daily supplies or daily meals so father maybe uh, what can we do as as catholics to to help them in the current bcs I think that what's important is to open our eyes, uh, to keep our ears open, uh, to look out for people. And I'm, I'm sure we all know of people who are in need. You know, uh, let's not be, though we are confined, but let's not be trapped in a cocoon, uh, and you know, have this 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 blinders on and not know what's happening around us. And I think if we all just you know uh, begin to open our eyes and to listen, and there are lots of people that we can assist uh, in our neighbourhood. Uh, irrespective of what religion, what race, what ethnicity, this is not the time. Uh, it's a time to to stick together. You know, I, I think this tagline has been going going around for a while uh, uh, that we help each other, and so you know we we look after each other. This is the time to prove it. Uh, BECs are not just for for Catholics, but BECs exist for for the society. Uh, it's time for us to to reach out to people. So just open our eyes, open our ears. And there are lots of people out there who are in need, and we can also network with others to help. All right, thank you, uh, Father. 
Well, uh, usually I give Father the last word, uh, but he's shared a lot of advice for us today. Uh, Patrick and Hazel, is there anything you want to add before we end the show? Yeah, it's just that um, some of the tips that we've given and uh, some of the advice that we, uh, we've shared, including uh, like what Father has asked for, what are the different references uh, to, to look for, to, to get the subsidies and stuff like that. We're going to share in the comments uh, portion of this uh, video. Huh? All right. Thank you very uh, much. I just want to show you, this is the name of our office, the Rich Academy. And uh, although many people feel poor now, feel poor, but if you rejoice in Christ, hallelujah, you will feel richer. Oh. Is that what it really stands? <laughs> is that what it really stands for? Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Awesome. Uh, Rome, I am convicted home. Or I'm <laughs> convicted home. I'm comfortable home. So rich stands for all these things. Uh, rejoice in Christ while you are at home. Ah, <laughs> nice. So Patrick, if, so Patrick, if people have any questions, they can they can message you uh, on Facebook and stuff like that, right? Yes, please uh, message us on Facebook. Uh, you can find the Rich Academy on Facebook. You can find uh, Synergy Planners on Facebook as well. You know, we're there to help. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Patrick Archibald and Hazel Ong Archibald for being on the show together with us. Uh, thank you, Father Clarence, also for giving us some advice and your insights. And uh, on behalf of uh, Mark Darley, we certainly uh, hope you will take those tips and, uh, and use it if you really feel that uh, you're feeling challenged financially during this time. Well, before we end, as usual, we'd like to close with a prayer. Uh, Father Clarence, if you don't mind, could you? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we thank you for the graces, for the blessings, for all that you provide for us. However little they may be, we recognize that all good things come from you. We pray especially for today. Today, we pray especially for those who are struggling, those who are finding it difficult to put food on the tables, finding it difficult to meet with financial commitments. Lord, we pray that as a community, we may be able to reach out to one another to be able to help one another so that as one human race, we would come out of this difficulty, these challenges, to be able to rejoice, to glorify you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit. All right, that's it for the show. Don't forget to watch our previous episodes on our Facebook, Catholics at Home, also our podcast on YouTube and Spotify. I'm Kachang Kevin, and on behalf of Mark Darnley, Father Clarence, Patrick, and Hazel, thanks for watching. This has been Catholics at Home. Bye. Bye. Do, do, do.